<laughs> We're back. We're back. <laughs> kills, 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 no, you kill. do it every time. Mm. Well, another really big episode of big. Under the Bar podcast here. It's got In some fact, real girth, this one, Tommy. There's a little bit of curtis all around this one. It's an episode on tentacles yeah. because he could essentially... Yeah. Bad news, everyone. End of the podcast altogether. Yeah, we could be. This could be the last podcast, really. Now we're in the uh, Millennium Noggin, yeah, uh, as we mm. always are. And <laughs> Wookie on hand, Wookie, make Wookie. a Wookie-like oh, yeah. noise. There we go. <laughs> yeah. He he flies the Millennium Noggin. He does. And there are some pretty stringent rules around yeah. food and yeah. beverage consumption mm. inside the Millennium Noggin. Yeah, not allowed it. And not we near have, the controls, Tom. No, and we've gotten a little bit loose with that yeah. over the 60 yeah. or so episodes that we've yeah. done. And we're starting to eat meals and, yeah. you know, be a bit liberal with the coffees. Well, the but we've never, we've never spilt anything. No. There's never been a disaster. No, Danny hasn't had to come in and clean it. <laughs> no, the there's cleaner. no there's no little BCA caps or feathers underneath yeah. the leg curl machine lying around. But not only have you spilled your coffee once today, Rawdon, but you've spilt it twice. Yeah. You've legitimately you spilt your coffee, dropped it on its head, yeah. mopped that up, yeah. went and got a new one, yeah. had it in your hand, yeah. went to put it back down in the, yeah. and dropped it again. It wasn't my... Well, A, it's a waste of good coffee yes. for a start. Let's, let's just not... Yeah, discount the facts. So yeah. that's really where it's where it hurts the most. It was essentially coffee that could have been consumed that's now <laughs> seeping into the carpet. But yeah, yeah look, uh, if it happens a third time, I did put the I did put it out there that I'll I'll have to resign from the podcast and never to be uh, on the air again and never to drink a coffee again. Never to drink a coffee again. So, so if for some touch reason and go. this episode just stops <laughs> abruptly, yeah. that's because Rawdon has spilled yeah. a coffee for a third time. Yeah. And yeah. third uh, time isn't a charm, Tom. And then he's no. out on the Millennium Noggin. There's no more podcast and there's no more coffee. Well, I also made the comment of, yeah, okay, fair call, but <clears throat> now that the carpet's... <coughs> excuse me, a frog in the throat. But now that the carpet's uh, ruined, soiled, soiled yeah. with coffee, now I could get down there and just, just suck it out of the carpet, but... I thought maybe with the because we are in the Millennium Noggin with a Wookiee on tap, we might actually get some shag pile carpet on the floor, Tom. <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah, <laughs> we uh, could just nude up and, yeah. and and just roll, sprawl ourselves out on the shag pile carpet and do the do the podcast down there. What oh, do you reckon? that sounds absolutely delightful. Maybe we'll, a speak pipe if you would like to see that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tommy uh, and I. Nude on the shag pile. Yeah, hand, hand, uh, on one elbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, knee up. L- yeah. Well, knee, your legs strategically placed so you can't see anything. Yeah, but uh, very erotic. Anyway, well, that's for uh, underthebarpodcast.com. dot uh, com. Leave us a speak pipe. pipe. Yeah, yay or nay about the uh, yay or nay on the shag pile carpet in the uh, Millennium Noggin. Noggin. Yes. Now we've got a really big episode, Gordon. Having had two uh, blockbusters with Martin McDonald mm-hmm. from Mac Nutrition. Yep. Uh, that's been fantastic. But before then, we had Evil Genius uh, yes. grace the airwaves yeah. of Under the Bar Debut. podcast, and he's been um, look. It's generated some business for him, which is yes. fantastic. A few yeah. of the guys out there have been in contact doing. Well, it's, it's under the bar podcast. We have you know a worldwide reach. Yes. You know, for if you do want to uh, come on the program, you should. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Even that guy in the US, whatever his name is, look like looks like you know who. Oh yeah. We'll we deal with that one later. Yes. But we've got the evil genius Broderick Chavez mm-hmm. from Team Evil GSP Yep. Evil Genius Sports, Sports Performance. Performance. Yep. 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 Uh, he's back on, and what we're going to do with him, Rawdon, uh, on this episode is basically <coughs> in round one he brought up some pretty interesting concepts meaty. meaty meaty when he was talking about these negative adaptations yeah. to prolonged dieting mm. processes mm. And, and very low body fat levels mm. there were some things that came yeah. up you know stuff like circulating of, thyroid hormones yeah, and, and target, target tissue, tissue sensitivity and yeah it was a, look it was a meaty set of 
concepts there. <laughs> and, uh, yes. And anyway, he's going to uh, explain those in a little more. And that target tissue, uh, look, we won't give too much away, but it's absolutely fascinating. Yep. So we're going to uh, really lift the hood on the human Under the hood. physiology of exactly what's going on, yeah. process and hormone-wise in those low-caloric, low-body-fat states. Awesome. So we'll have Evil Genius coming up very shortly. A little bit of eye-dotting and T-crossing yep, to yep, do yep. before we do shout-outs. Yeah, man. There's the, I, I uh, told you there was a really, really cool uh, shout-out. Uh, a friend of mine, a colleague, great coach, uh, Jim Tullen, said that he uh, stumbled across the podcast, the program. I remember and Jim. Yeah, yeah, from back in, back the, in the... Back Back where we used back, to work. Uh, <laughs> Back where we used to work and we were miserable. Yes. But now we're happy because uh, we moved on. But, uh, and you know, we don't discredit what we learned there. And thank you very much for everything we learned. Um, Jim uh, had, a, had a meeting with him and uh, it was really cool catching up, having coffee, as I do with everyone, uh, as everyone probably knows. But mentioned his 10-year-old son <laughs> was in the car and uh, <laughs> we weren't on the air. So he was just listening to radio and... And he said, you know, tugged his dad's shirt and said, hey, can we listen to those uh, two guys? Uh, I, really, I really love the podcast. So apparently, uh, Jaden, is it? Jaden. Jaden Tullin. He, um, ten years old. Ten years old. Shout out. How you doing, Jaden? G'day, Jaden. Thanks for being our, uh, supporting what we do. But he just finds us funny, apparently. Yes. Probably. Well, he, I mean, he, I he think might like the concepts that we, and, and various things we I discuss. think it's probably more our puerile humor appeals to yeah, a ten-year-old. Ten-year-old. Well, Which, you know, you're, know, you're, you're yeah, we've often been said we, we, we behave like ten-year-olds. So that would make sense. So that's really exciting. So, Jaden, have a great day, mate. I hope yep. you're enjoying the program. Program. Look and shout Dad, out to Jim, too. Jim's yeah. doing awesome things as well in the industry. Dad might want to uh, cover your ears at times because Broderick does uh, swear a little bit in this one. Yep. But uh, if you're comfortable with that and the, and the various concepts, uh, please enjoy the program. And thanks for listening, mate. That's great. Yes. That's shout out one. Shout, shout out, out one. two. Shout Mac out two. Baker. Uh, so from Oxford Performance Center. Really, really cool guy. Uh, again, a great coach. Uh, we had another caffeine catch up with him. Just uh, he, he let us know that the seminar that uh, for those of you that didn't attend, that's cool. We're going to do another couple this year. Hopefully, yep. one at the end of the year with Broderick Chavez. But uh, we'll keep that one under wraps. We won't actually tell you about that one yet. Uh, but yeah, just said that it was a really great seminar. Uh, that he took a lot from it that he could apply straight away. Yeah. And, uh, use some of my program principles and some of your concepts with initial consultations. Uh, and obviously Luke with his uh, perspective on carbohydrates and uh, and of course Dr. Vanesh's uh, content as well. But yeah, I think actually thumbs up. Yeah, after the seminar, Mac was uh, had bailed up Vinny in the corner. They yep. were on the whiteboard <laughs> yeah. working some stuff out. So awesome. I'm really glad that uh, Mackenzie got some good stuff out of that uh, seminar. Yep. Thanks for listening, Mac, and glad to. to here the training's going well sounds uh that sounds awesome well done so whilst we're on the seminars one ah, final yes. little thing emily who is the um uh, operations manager yeah. at the icon performance health center where we're running all of these seminars she's very generously uh, extended a five percent mm. discount off all the courses and all the awesome. seminars that we run and, and you know well, some five percent doesn't sell much but Look, I mean, thousand bucks. It's uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, you're starting to get some decent coin. Of course, we just put the prices five percent up on the seminar, <laughs> so we get it back. But, but you know, you're getting a five percent discount nonetheless. Yeah. So we've got Christian Maurice. Yeah. Let's let's rattle them off. Who, who have we got confirmed? We got Christian Maurice. He's uh, coming back. Yeah. Level one and two. Elemental World. 
Yeah. Uh, tour. Yep. Uh, we've got Christian Tobedo. Yeah. Tippy toes. Going into heavily, in, well, balls deepest, we would say, into uh, programming, I think, this time around. Really how to structure programs and periodization, all that cool stuff. Which I will think. be absolute. Just yeah. take it away and start applying. Yeah. He's Gold awesome. Mine. We'll get him back on the podcast, too. Yep. We've got Francine Savard and Larry Vanette coming yes. out. Did you see the uh, the flyer that the Emily's put together for Francine? Very sexy, mate. She was uh, well, she is. Oh my, careful, is. careful. <laughs> um, it was quite, quite a, a specimen. Anyway, they're coming out. So physique prep. Uh, I think some sort of uh, practical element to their two day seminar. But I think they might be doing a posing workshop as well, which would be really good. Um, and these are guys that work with IFBB pros. I mean, these are next level uh, coaches. But that's going to be really awesome. Haven't as far as somewhere hasn't been any sort of physique prep seminars come through the the uh, down under for a little while so that'd be really really cool we've got dr john chrysler and nelson virgil for yep. the men's health seminar as well yep yep those guys are coming out towards the end of the year i think hopefully uh, november-ish october november yep. we're hoping to confirm those guys we've got the big scout menno henselman's yes out. now that's an exclusive that is an exclusive and uh never been here before so he's going to be out uh sydney melbourne perth uh and that is just going to be Next level. Next gonna level. Going to be absolutely awesome. And then uh, you and I. Yeah, you know, we've, we've reluctantly got a couple coming up. So yeah. what are we thinking? We're doing uh, more July. of a fat loss type uh, a seminar. Different concept. More all uh, four of us in uh, front of the, 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 the seminar presenting, uh, co-presenting on each of the slides that we present, which is really exciting. So a different format, different delivery, but uh, fat loss specific. The, and then we're going to do... Crunch the numbers on that one, see what the, the, the response is, and then we're going to put something together right at the end of the year with, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, the evil genius himself who uh, you're going to hear on this uh, program. Yeah. Very exciting. So, essentially, Emily's just said, uh, if it's okay with you, let's run an exclusive under-the-bar discount of 5% off all Icon courses. Mm-hmm. Think of a fancy code word, and people will email info at iconph.com.au and then she'll be in contact with them to organize the discount so we've just got to we've just got to think of I a think fancy there's, code I think there's word. two words that could go together that I, I, I think really sums up what we're all about <laughs> one <laughs> starts with B and the other one D balls deep balls deep balls I think. deep let's, let's go balls deep yep just uh, that's your secret code and uh, contact what were the contact details info at iconph.com.au Email that with balls deep, and you'll get five percent discount. <laughs> discount. <laughs> you said that you just in your hand, balls like, deep, and you're clenching the fists, thumping yeah. it on the on the yeah. on the thigh. Yes, and then you'll get a discount on all of those great courses. Very good, or any one of them, or all of them, all whichever, of them. whatever you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Mate, there right. were so many code words we could have chosen oh. from, but uh, I think you've oh, done. Look, warts and all we could have done. We could, yeah, could have done that, yeah. I mean, there's lots. <laughs> there's polywaffle. Polywaffle. The dangling carrots. Dangling carrots. It's a bit long for a code word. Look, uh, we probably should have gone polywaffle, but look, yeah. Balls Deep's out there now. Yeah, it, it is. Balls Deep's the code word. Mm, now, words. we've got evil genius Broderick Chavez coming yeah. up very shortly, Rawdon. B. Chavez coming uh, up. We just thought, you know, like one of the things that he comes back to time and time again yes. is fr- from a biological standpoint mm. is mm. the effects of a stimulus over time. Yeah. So you, you can't, uh, you, you know, you don't starve yourself in a day. You know, the effects of, um, of what you're Physiological doing. processes take time. Exactly. Couldn't yeah. have said it better. Like it, 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 and I think it's a concept that we as coaches 
wish we could we could uh, could occur a little quicker. Yeah. Uh, for our uh, clientele, for our athletes that we're working with, but the reality is, it's that that those averages and action like uh, Broderick says over time and having been mentored uh, by him for the last sort of four or five months it is really something that I think we're already sort of comprehending and, and going down that route and, and, and saying look it just takes time you know building muscle yeah even if you get everything right it, it just takes time fat loss even though we get everything right it just takes time so yeah like uh, I, I, I think you know, when we do comprehend that, it, it makes sense to extend an eye. This is something that I've been saying for a while. Fat loss, you know, start a little earlier. Don't leave it for the last 12 weeks into a show. Start earlier and then ease up, you know, be less aggressive with the energy restriction, play around and just, just cru- you know, it's like landing a, you know, a jumbo. Just cruise it into the finish line and touch down uh, in the end of the prep. So, yeah, that's something that I wanted to sort of just talk about a couple of examples of, of, of my clientele and I think you also have a pretty cool example well it's not that cool but like a, a case in point of, of one of your clients as well where stress uh, over time yeah, one week of stress not so bad yeah, two but weeks the, three but again, weeks four weeks yeah and, and it doesn't matter what we're, what we're trying to do whether it's uh you know, we're looking at uh, levels of stress put on the body to create fat loss. That takes time, whether it's that negative chronic stress over time, not that uh, good stress where we're applying energy deficit to elicit a, but, you know, the negative work stress or, or lifestyle stress, stressing mm. about things outside of the gym, outside of our environment that over time these things are going to start derailing what we're actually trying to do with our, with our clients. So let's... Spip all that for a moment before we uh, get into Broderick Chavez in a, in a few moments' time. So, look, the example that we reference here, and, and you've got a couple of good ones as well that we were yeah. talking about pre-show. Um, I do have a client. She's a long-term client. She's really awesome. You Lids know, is yeah. fantastic. If there were 40 of her, I'd probably just, you know, do 40 <laughs> sessions. Yeah, give, give the Under the Bar podcast away and yeah. just, just try and lovely... Lovely girl. Um, but it's been a very interesting last month or so, Ruden, because mm. she's been ticking along really nicely with the training. Mm-hmm. We'd made some uh, some nice changes to body composition over a period of time. Yep. Everything was going well. So steady, Everything's good. in place. Averages over time. Beautiful. 16% body fat. Uh, nice good for a female. Yep. Nice and strong. Everything set up beautifully. Has had a change in job. Uh-huh. Same position but at a different yep. company mm-hmm. having to new things to learn yeah having to learn a new software system mm. having to work different hours yep training routine disrupted a little bit staying back longer getting mm. home mm. dinner starts later bed later yep. meals not sitting as well just so that routine out that you developed that nice yeah. methodical day-to-day routine out the window yeah, everything stress up yeah and she has been emotionally stressed yeah uh, yep. more so than she has been for almost as long as i've known her really yeah. it's really been a bit of a shake and, up and, and that's not an unusual scenario a lot of our listeners will say yeah actually that's so and so she just started or he just started a new job and, and yeah. so what did you actually find with your skin folds well i i do her skin folds on a fortnightly basis at the moment yep and so after the first two weeks of her starting uh-huh. that job scale weight went up 1.2 kilos yeah, that's, that's a fair whack. Body fat from 15.9 to 18.1. Boo. 
That's decent. And then we had another two weeks later yep. and no variables. The only variables I did was I changed, calories stayed the same, but I changed the macronutrients to give her more carbohydrates. Okay. She's having carbohydrates at dinner and post-workout now as well. Just yep. thought I might just help her sleep a little better, you know, yep, just yep, yep, just yep. a bit more of a positive thing for her. Yep. Another two weeks of a, of a stressed out situation and the scale weight went up a further... Uh, 1.1 kilos wow. and the body fat from 18.1 to 18.7 okay so notable increase as well notable increase and it's just you know so from when she started the job to where she is now she's put on two kilos and two to three percent body fat and you know according to the software i use it's also been a drop in lean mass okay as well but so, you know so i guess that sort of echoes what the point we're trying to make in that okay maybe a day a day here and there of stress she had to work back cool cool no no real disruption to homeostasis or the environment but yep. when we start putting day after day, day after, after day, day. Of consistent stress uh the the body just adapts to it it just reacts in a way that yep. uh you know uh in this particular situation the negative elevation in chronic levels of stress the body's responded by uh potentially being catabolic to some degree it's, yeah. it looks like she's lost the muscle mass and certainly fat mass going up. And seeing that scale weight raise like that as well is a real clear definitive with no change in uh, yeah. no change in calories, yeah. uh, no change in training stimulus really. Yep. Energy balance is larger the same. Yeah. You know, there's different mechanisms. It could be, look, that, that chronic elevation of, yep. of stress hormones might be keeping blood sugar levels chronically elevated. Yep. She could be storing more body fat, yep. very, a lot harder to liberate body fat. There's a, a raft of mechanisms it could be. But as you said, you, one or two days a week, something like that you can get away with, maybe yeah. hold your water. Yeah. But over, you know, four or five days in a row, you know, six, yeah. seven, eight, then we've got two weeks back to back, then yeah. three weeks and four weeks. The weekends are stressed. Everything, she's living in this world of emotional stress yeah. at the moment for a month period. And the negative response is there on the page in front of me, you know? Yeah, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I guess my example that I was going to give was uh, a client progressing really well. Everything I dotted, T-crossed. Uh, Skyway going up so it's off season for him we're still driving calories training hard really good defying all yeah, progress markers fat going off uh, muscle mass going on it's perfect great 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 and then things started to uh, plateau out on the back of uh, significant uh, emotional lifestyle stress I mean I won't sort of give you the, the gory details but a change in uh, living arrangements and everything else a lot of stress to go with that and the body the, the scar weight meh, came down a little bit and just sort yeah. of floated. He's still going through the motions, still really robotic with all the, the training and, and, and nutrition was, by and large, for anyone uh, out there, would still be deemed pretty bloody good. Really good. You know, it was yeah. only a few meals missed here and there. Training time is a little bit different, so you train instead of at the same allocated time they were out. Nah, uh, invariably sleep uh, compromised to some degree, but basically, uh, you know, it took these things going off the rail and then it manifests as okay now the 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 progress is stalled so again averages over time he was going really good all the routine was set up everything was progressing well the body was was in this uh environment to grow and and, and progress uh then the the stress uh lifestyle stress elevated and initially he didn't do anything and then it was a week or so into this lifestyle of of elevated stress and and deviation from said plans and and then the progress actually stalled and and um you know i had to uh basically 
for him, you know, sit him down, explain that, you know, he still has a, uh, he chose to continue his prep rather than putting it on hold and sorting things out, gave him the option of putting it on hold, but basically back in the game and uh, it took uh, a week or two of, of, of getting back in the game for things to change and then, and the progress to, to, to recommence, but uh but yeah, it was just interesting, um, the significant impact of, of a change in, in environment. And uh, it wasn't just that one day here and there. You know, we can all uh, agree that that happens from time to time and, yep. and, 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 and things that are out of our control. But as soon as we get the, as much as we love these adaptations to positive stimulus, the adaptations to a negative stimulus, i.e. a huge uh, elevation and uh, disruption of, of lifestyle and, and stress levels go up and, and sleep compromised, all these things start changing. Uh, the body just adapts to it, and, mm. and that is a negative adaptation and a, a stalling of progress. The last thing on its mind, again, to put it into something that we can understand, the last thing is uh, to grow new muscle tissue. It's just dealing with the elevated stress levels. It puts you know uh, muscle building on hold or, or progression body comp progression body comp on hold. Deals with the elevated stress, and it just goes into more of a, yep. a, a holding pattern. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting that I saw that. And the, and the reverse is true. One that was was sort of a negative headspace, all of a sudden uh, adopted a more positive headspace for whatever reason um so you know the, the penny dropped or, or just clicked and and unfortunately with most of us you know we, we, we and our clients will say oh you know i've been dying for two weeks nothing's happening it's like yeah let's give give the process time to work and same for this girl you know it's just a few good weeks in and then the everything started to happen and then the progress is actually quite rapid yes but it took a you know a good two to three weeks to set up all those processes and actually uh see the body composition change and, and i guess that's the point that mm. you and i are trying to make you know these things take time time and then if you were to uh i mean these people we're talking to these examples are mm. genuinely high performance individuals yeah, I mean, robotic with their lifestyle their training their nutrition in great shape good genetics the whole yeah. lot now, expand that out to general population, people who live in a state of chronic stress, yep. who are tied to their jobs, they actually, that stress starts to become the new norm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these health markers that they present with and the stuck body fat and the high body fat levels and the, mm. the lack of general health and inability to respond to the training, nutrition you give them, mm. it's... Um, yeah, well, because it, it, they've been living there for so long. Yeah, and it lends itself to, well, you need even longer for those guys you know you really need them to adopt that change in lifestyle, lifestyle. for an extended period of time yep. like i'm talking for my guys who are robotic two or three weeks i'm seeing change but take them that they're not robotic and their nutrition isn't that exactly like my demographic is and like you said the genetic disposition isn't there and they don't have that end goal that 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 dangling carrot that is the competition there we go <laughs> um and they just have day-to-day -day life and they just generally want to feel better and, and have some body comp change then that whole process is going to be lengthened and, and, and needs to be extended and and I think as coaches we need to sort of get ahead around that that and you know we doubt, doubt ourselves it's like man I, you know he's in a negative energy balance or she's in a negative energy balance oh, they should be dropping fat like I'm am I doing something wrong it's like no you're doing everything right just stick with it write it out and then it will start coming off and uh, and the process will be uh, a much uh, more linear thereafter albeit to a point and then that's another thing that we'll talk about yeah. uh, in the future but it just takes time to set it up I mean it might be you know a good four to six weeks before you start seeing some significant body composition change for the individual but that's only a, a snapshot in time in, mm. in the whole life that they've been out of shape well, as our next guest would always say, Rorden, you, you can't cheat biology. Can't cheat biology. Let's Very have the good. evil genius. No! 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 <laughs> Reevaluate your life, asshole. You're fucking it up! 
because you can't cheat biology. A thousand grams of carbohydrates a day, that's what I'm fucking doing, because you can't cheat biology. Well, Rawdon, it's that time again. It is. We've got evil uh, time. We've managed to pull the evil genius out of bed. Mm. I mean, he was fast asleep mm. after eight hours solid straight. Yes. You know, sleeping like a baby, but we've, mm. we've mm. got him out. Uh, unusually, he thought, finally, I've got to sleep after all these years <laughs> yeah. of insomnia. Finally, got to sleep, but we put the call in, woke him up, and said, game on, round two. Now, Broderick, welcome back to the podcast. You had quite a stirring, rousing session one, mm. getting some good feedback. So uh, you live to fight another day, mate. Welcome back to the podcast. Why, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> be, you know, speaking to those people, thank you. I appreciate uh, the Australian contingency I'm building. Thank Very you. Good. Very yeah, good. well, we're just scratching the surface. And for our listeners that aren't familiar with uh, who Broderick Chavez is, the evil genius, someone that I've been probably, I think, four or five months I've been mentoring with, uh, with yeah. Broderick every week. So I see a lot of value in, uh, in, in what this guy knows, and he's uh, really influenced what I do with my chosen demographic. But uh, he's too good to keep away from the masses. So that was our uh, basic our ideas to get him out uh, amongst it all. But... I also found out yesterday, Broderick, that not only do you work with uh, the, the, the physique uh, population and many uh, IFBB pro cards to your credit um, as a, a physique, and, uh, but you're also a, a performance coach with uh, quite a few actual athletes, like proper athletes that have to be strong and, and perform and all that type of stuff. Uh, so that's also... A, Absolutely. And, and, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I get the feeling that that's your... Uh, that's your poison. You really like to work with uh, improving performance with, with, with the athletic population. You know, I really what I like to do is push envelopes and be clever. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily matter the medium, although I myself think of myself as a strength athlete, so I certainly r- respect and understand and relate to that crowd maybe a little bit better. But uh, I'm, I'm no less inclined to dig in and fix a physique problem than I am a strength and performance problem. Um, Right now, I have a very large contingency of track and field athletes, uh, most of who I can't mention their names because of, you know, potential uh, doping issues. But that really interests and excites me. I find a lot of it. I find a lot of personal gratification in, in that field myself. Yeah, and for our listeners, you also uh, obviously you're a, uh, a strength athlete, like you mentioned, but powerlifting background, uh, competing powerlifting, but also bodybuilding as well. So you, you certainly uh, mm. walk the talk well and truly over the last uh, 100 years or so that you've been in the industry. <laughs> and Roderick, with those track and field athletes that you're working with, are you doing all of their programming and everything as well, nutrition. or is it, is it just nutrition? It's actually kind of a pick-and-choose kind of thing. Some people came to me with very specific questions, concerns, net needs, yep. um, others more general. So it's really, um, if I had to, um, and I explained this actually just yesterday to an Australian that contacted me, where I feel my value is, is not like, for instance, yourself, Rodon, who has a very coherent, well-designed, well-presented package that people can just kind of get and use. Mm. Um, it's, it's individualized, but it's coherent. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. I'm more or less incoherent. Um, but what <laughs> I find my value is, is I'm a problem solver. Yeah. You come to me with a specific problem and say, my this, that, or the other thing isn't working right. I'll figure out a way to fucking fix it. Yeah. That's where I find, that's what I believe is my value. So yeah. that's kind of how I approach my 
business, as it were, is I, I think of myself as a, a physiological, biological, a fix-it guy. I'm yeah. a problem solver. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll, uh, we'll also throw that out there, and that's certainly <laughs> the first thing you said to me. You know, my skill set is really give me a problem and I'll do everything I can uh, to uh, resolve it for you. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Right, so, Roderick, what we would like to do today is there are a few concepts that you brought up in our last conversation mm. which i think were quite worthy of mm. expansion because as you were going under the hood and getting into the mm. physiology balls yeah balls deep there were some uh, some terminology and some stuff there that yeah i think we could all get our heads around a little better yeah so Agreed. when we're talking about and, and this is from a problem solving perspective i mean this mm. is one of the great problems of you know getting around these negative adaptations to dieting mm. over extended periods of time mm. one of the things you mentioned was the lowering of target tissue sensitivity mm. could you explain what that is absolutely and I, and I do this for Ronan constantly and I think he's learned to survive it uh, maybe your listeners aren't quite <laughs> quite as forgiving but let me go sideways and Speak a moment before I answer that. Sure. What you what you need to know here is people use words on a regular basis without really understanding what they mean. Mm. And people will constantly mention genetics. Oh, my genetics this. I have a genetic aptitude for that. My genetics mm. the other thing. At yep. the end of the day, without knowing any biology, it's important to understand genetics are simply computer code. It is a list of directions. How to build a fucking human being and then how it operates. It's a series of if-thens. This happens, if then, something else happens. If then, something else happens. It is a very systematic and predictable series of events predetermined by your, quote, genetics. Okay, that is relevant to this conversation. As a matter of fact, it's relevant to every conversation that will happen hereforth. It's how this shit works. Okay? So the reason I'm hammering this is all of these concepts of you know, hormonal downregulation and metabolic downregulation and target tissue sensitivities, they are very, very predictable and explicable on the fundamental level. That's enormously important. People act like they're the only asshole that gets T3 down regulation after dieting for a number of months. No, that's exactly what is supposed to happen. Yeah. It happens to be inconvenient to furthering your physique goals, absolutely. But is it inexplicable or surprising or in any way confusing? Fuck no, it's exactly what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so that's important. So when you're talking about genetics and the genetic code, you're not saying this is specific from person to person. These are hardwired into human, human genetics. Yeah. Uh, just like any computer code, there are random deviations from device to device, but the concept that it is predetermined and within given parameters is fundamentally accurate. You know, people love to point out, oh, we're two different people. I have to find out what works for me. That's so fucking stupid. I've never heard anything dumber. When you go to the doctor and you have whatever, you have strep throat, you have streptococcus, he doesn't look at you and go, well, you know, you're an individual. You're a delicate snowflake. You're not like anyone else I've seen. Maybe instead of an antibiotic, I'll give you heroin. No! You get a fucking antibiotic because that's what treats that. Yeah. Now, because of your very specific minor deviations, 
You might need a little more, a little less. You might even need a, a sub-variety or a derivative. But at the end of the day, antibiotics, slight infection, heroin, not so much. It's pretty well understood. You're not that special. You're only mildly special, okay? <laughs> so that's where this whole thing falls into. One person might get thyroid downregulation in two months. One person may yeah. almost never get it. But it's still the series of events that lead to that are predictable, explicable, and well within our ability to deal with. That's that's the end of this, the conversation. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, so, so take home points. We're not snowflakes. Yeah, nor, nor are we delicate. It, nor are we delicate, but uh, it's all Absolutely. it's all within the realms of normal. This uh, okay. what we're going to delve into. So we're going through that process. Someone's been dieting down. Body fat levels are getting really low. Mm-hmm. Uh, these negative adaptations are starting to set in, and we're back to the original. What the hell is lowering target tissue sensitivity? <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing you have to start with is the actual hormone itself. The thyroid, the levothyroxine, the T4, is controlled by two different hormones, um, uh, thyroid-stimulating hormone and thyroid-releasing hormone. Um, They are different. They are not the same thing. They're often confused, and they operate through the hypothalamus, and it's all very complicated and not specifically relevant to this, but this part is. As you diet, your body releases ever more thyroid because it realizes that it needs fuel to continue this activity. So your thyroid levels go up, at which point they cross a given threshold and a series of feedback loops close, again, based on the hypothalamus and a bunch of other things, uh, gut uh, protein hormones like uh, leptin and some others that aren't even fully uh, elucidated, but we know that they're there. They have an impact on the brain, the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and so thyroid goes up to a given threshold, the body goes, oh, that's no good, let's turn that off, it goes down. It goes up again because the body needs this energy, and then it goes down. So one of the ways the body, as body fat levels get lower, one of the defense mechanisms the body has, because it can't not manufacture this thyroid, uh, it, in this early part of the conversation, it can later, but that's a separate Part. Initially, this thyroid continues to go up and then go down, and it's a sine wave of release and unrelease and release and unrelease. So the body realizes, and again, I'm adding cognizance to, to, to physiology. There is no such thing. But the programming kicks in and says, we can't allow body fat levels to go terribly much lower. It's bad for survival. That's the key word. So how to preserve what little body fat we have left one of the major ways is to change the geometry of the receptor within the surface of both muscles and fat cells that is responsible for the release of fat into the bloodstream and the transmission of fat from the bloodstream to muscle tissue. Okay? The geometry is basically like the lock in your car door. If somebody were to bend it or fuck with it in some way, the key doesn't fit as well. And it takes a great deal more effort to turn that key. So it's a reduction in the efficacy of the lock that is then opened by the key, which is the hormone. If you want to use the lock and key analogy that so many people do for hormone and receptor. Um, truthfully, that's not really a very good analogy, but we'll, we'll use it because it's, it's very obvious with this conversation. So okay. As, okay. as body fats get lower, some very specific, uh, what they're called protein lingons, they're very little short-chain proteins, actually contract, much like muscle cells, 
distorting the shape of the actual receptor, making it harder for the hormone to do its thing. So, Broderick, are you talking about the, you know, I think we alluded to the fact the the catecholamines, growth hormone, cortisol, these hormones are a part of that fat loss process. So you're saying that the tissue sensitivity uh, is altered. So these hormones, although uh, they're still uh, part of the process, they're just less effective. They're not, they're not having the effect that they once had. And that's simply Absolutely. for the body to survive. Otherwise, it would fundamentally keep reducing fat, reducing fat, reducing fat, and then drop dead because there's no, uh, you know, no store fat in energy. reserve. Exactly. Now, on that very subject, I actually just as a quick something I always do when I know I'm going to be talking to the masses about something, I went and just double checked if there's anything new happening in the field. And I did, in fact, find some information that was previously unknown to me. Um, and that is um, something that was known, but has been very much uh, augmented is in relation to thyroid hormones, there are known to be four different receptors. Uh, actually, it's all one receptor, but it's three different isoforms of the original receptor. So in a sense, you have four different receptors. Um, it's been very uh, misunderstood or, or non-elucidated why there's multiple kinds and what each of them might do. It is now apparently, according to this abstract, which I just read, which is titled uh, Thyroid Hormone Receptor Deviation and Discrimination in low caloric environments title the paper if anybody wants to look it up uh and anyway these different thyroid receptors are all a variety of the same original one they're like sub subfamilies. but anyway what is being found is depending on diet exercise and other env hormonal environments these receptors either mutate from one to the other, maybe by that geometric change that I mentioned, or perhaps some other mechanism. But each of these receptors apparently has a slightly different uh, response in terms of its genomic response to the hormone. So if, it's, if you have a predominance of, say, the type 1, you might get just a release of fat and elevation of metabolism. Whereas if you have slightly more type 2, the, the response might be less metabolic and more uh, brain chemistry changes and even uh, liver, uh, the way the liver specifically behaves in re regards to later metabolism or gluconeogenesis of carbohydrates. Okay. So I, that's probably more, more depth and complexity than you want, but what I'm trying to elucidate is just how vast and complex these changes become mm. so it could be working on either the actual lipids from cells being uh, mobilized or it could be working more on then the lipids getting into a muscle cell to be oxidized but there's just Correct. different parts of that of the, and, and do they differ from person to person um well the main thing is again not that whole snowflake thing it's not so much that they differ from person to person but conditions yeah. vary from right. person to person. Yep. So, no two people are going to have the same body weight, same body fat percentage, the same momentary age, momentary health, yep. the same blood chemistry. So even though these, quote, rules apply to everyone, you get so much variation within the playing of the game that you do get a little bit of personal specialness. Okay. So Just the end me. result of all of this 
is that generally speaking, tissue, either fat tissue or muscle tissue, is less sensitive to either fat mobilization or fat oxidization. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Also, there's a cascade because you're changing one hormone, you get a, a series of downstream changes that might change, for instance, the aforementioned gut proteins like leptin and some of these other ones. There's a grelin. There's a bunch of them now that literally last year we didn't even know existed. And the quantity, the density, and the efficacy of your thyroid hormones could affect them, which then affects how you metabolize sugar, how your hunger behaves, how satiated you are from each yeah. feeding, uh, and it goes on and fucking on and on. Mm. Fascinating with the uh, the thyroid and the different uh, uh, variations within the the, the thyroid receptor. receptors. That's fascinating, and 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 I suppose the the more we find out, it's probably uh, depending on the environment. The the thyroid hormone is still released, so you'd still see a TSH or a T3 and T4, but they're a variation of 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 the thyroid hormone that will elicit. Uh, desired effect whether it be okay we're in the early stages of a fat loss um, you know energy restriction uh, diet so it's going to be let's mobilize uh, fatty acids into the bloodstream and, and and allow them to be oxidized in the skeletal muscle or mitochondria heart whatever it is um, or it might have been uh, dieting for some length of time the thyroid hormone is still there but it's not doing the same thing uh, it once did and it's it's actually activating uh, alternate receptors where like you said it's, it's it's doing different things within the body so it's I see. it's it's still the master hormone and everything's controlled by this uh, you know met metabolism will manifest in, in in different ways depending on the environment I, th I find that yeah. fascinating and yeah. let me throw this let me throw this out there it's not exactly germane specifically to the conversation but again it'll go back to really elucidate that idea of this is all predicated on survival. Yeah. Um, at the end of this paper, the, the writer of the paper makes a couple of assumptions and speculations. And one of those speculations, and I really like this because the guy clearly has a biology background outside of his medical acumen, is that it is his suspicion that the major reason for these uh, uh, ge geometric deformations is to predispose the fatty acid metabolism to the most relevant survival-based tissues, i.e. the brain and the heart. Yeah. Yep. Making yep. them the prime consumers or the most efficient consumers of the energy because they're the last line of defense. When those two start to fail, there's no hope of survival for the creature. Yes, yes. Nice. So hence, once again, coming back to dependent on the environment Tissue that, sensitivity. that the body's actually in. Yeah. Um, just with the at the start, Broderick, you said that as the dieting process starts, there'll be these waves of thyroid production, more thyroid production, then then a little bit less, and then feedback more. loop. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. essentially, on a very basic level, is the thyroid the thyroid hormones are they there to generate energy? Is that what it's all about? Regulate. Well, that's a, that's a really bad word. That's not very good language. Um, energy. I mean, you know, we can boil it down to, you know, Einsteinian mechanics and, you know, energy is mass and, and your body has lots of mass. And, and ultimately, the, the ultimate coin of the realm is ATP, which is, you know, uh, I'm not going to go into that specifically. The, the acetic acid and Krebs cycle is, is stupefyingly complex, but 
the ultimate energy burnt by the body is a very simple substance, and it's only burnt metabolically by mitochondrial uh, organelles within cells. So really, thyroid hormones are, like all hormones, mediate the release and distribution of something. You know, whether it's testosterone mediates the release and distribution of contractile proteins. That's what it does. It tells, you know, a, a specific group of organelles to manufacture more proteins and deliver them to, quote, muscles or something. And thyroid hormones essentially follow that same pattern. They are the mediators of getting uh, prepackaged nutritional energy, I guess I'll use your word, fatty acids, amino acids, and even uh, carbohydrates uh, delivered to the place where they're going to ultimately be consumed as energy, converted to and consumed as energy. So basically that's what hormones do across the board, is they mediate some grand process that ultimately results in a very simple cross-cell membrane burnt by mitochondria, which is pretty much what all biology boils down to in the end. Yeah. Yeah, so the th- to clarify what Tommy's saying, I think the, the thyroid hormones are, are regulta- regulating metabolism depending on the various needs at that point in yes. time. It'll, it'll yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's, a very, that's a very eloquent way to say it, yes. And then on a broader perspective on the hormones that you've just, in general, that you mentioned, does that whole process then start in the brain? Does the brain sort of sense the environment in the body Feedback, or what needs yeah. to be happening and then start well, the cascade? It, 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 the answer to that is yes, but you have to be very specific and understand, again, in biology, you have, quote, layers of brain. What you and I mostly think about as our brain is the most recent addition that makes us like internet porn and thinks chocolate is delicious. That that part of the brain is very new. Yeah. Um, underlying that is the survival brain. And that, the hypothalamus, the brainstem, etc., that's the part of the brain that does what you're talking about. Yeah. The day-to-day, I need to survive and regulate my metabolism. That, that's the reptilian and below. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, I like fancy shoes and internet porn part of your brain is a very recent addition. And quite honestly, it's not very good for survival because it consumes a shitload of energy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it certainly does watching that porn, I tell you. <laughs> I, I, shitload I have of to energy. agree. Yeah. I wonder why the brain has evolved in such a way. Well, uh, because, quite honestly, because we are very limited um, physically. We're not very fast. We don't yeah. hear very well. We don't have very good vision. So our really only developable asset was our intellect. Rather than getting big enough and strong enough to kill a tiger, we figured out a way to kill a tiger at a distance. Yeah. <laughs> What's the fun in that? This is uh, this is a pretty broad and possibly stupid question, but uh, <laughs> from a, your biologist's perspective, I mean, where did it all <laughs> where did it all start? Is it like the Big Bang, and where each manifestations of droplets of this Big Bang moving mm-hmm. out into space, or tadpoles? You, you know, like how does it? Where do you think it all started? You know, it's it's funny you ask that because I had this very conversation with one of the few people that I can tolerate on a daily basis that is, in fact, religious-minded. As a rule, I find religious people just fucking insane, and I, I talk to them for about 90 <laughs> seconds, and then I stammer and, and hold my chest because I'm afraid I'm going to die. <laughs> um, so, but, but anyway, the, 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 the moral of the story is this is a really condensed version of an incredibly long, drawn-out conversation. Um, human beings have 
in laboratories since the turn of the 20th century, since the dawn of the 20th century, rather, have taken some very basic materials, some carbon, some ammonia, some water, some really fundamental stuff that might have existed before there was life, and put it in a test tube and heated it and put static electricity into it and did some goofy shit to it, and over a relatively, and this is the key word, relatively long period of time, um, there's actually a, a wonderful display at the Smithsonian Institute uh, just a couple hundred miles from me here in, in Washington, D.C., that explains this. And anyway, after doing what we did, this little, you know, this, this you know, 500 milliliter little container, and we zapped it and poked at it for six months, a year, we yep. got some relatively significant chemical changes within that that are more complex and more like life than were previously in there. So now, if you scale that up, and instead of this goofy little 500 milliliter beaker, you scale that up to the entire size of the ocean, and you expand the time frame from six months to 60 million years, and go from the goofy little bit of energy that humans can involve to the energy available to an entire planet, it's asinine to think that the planet doesn't have more resources than we do. And so if we can make small changes on a small time scale, what can a planet do with unlimited resources and unlimited time? Of course something was going to protogenerate. It just, it just, it, it, if it didn't, it would be almost impossible. And then obviously expanding out from there, the breadth and width of the whole universe and the energy available to that and you know Correct. yeah mate <laughs> you, you, you're <laughs> really taking tom off on a on a poly waffling tangent he'll be <laughs> yeah. uh he's in his element now yeah, i've got my fix i'm happy now yeah yeah that must be an australian word i'm familiar with a twat waffle but i think that's something <laughs> well, different entirely well look i'm quite happy to throw twat waffle out there on the uh the podcast tom, if it's you not make the a first note. time we've had twat waffle i think charles no. poliquin dropped Twat yeah. waffle on the broadcast oh, a couple yeah, of times. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, for God's sake, that's the crowd I'm in. Oh, ah, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. Very good. All right. Yeah, any more next? that we need on that raw tissue? From no, that's, from that's, tissue. that's pretty good. I mean, you, you can have as much as you want because even if you step sideways to a separate hormone, consider um, the scourge, at least in America, the scourge of diabetes. What is it? It's one of two things. Either You've eaten so many carbohydrates over your lifetime that your pancreas can't keep pace or exactly the same thing that you've saturated your body with so much insulin that your tissues become resistant to it and simply don't want to perform that action anymore. Hmm. It, it, when you, when you start to consider the actual concept of what this is, you can see it manifesting everywhere. It's, very obvious and natural behavior for a tissue to become resistant to its, you know, its 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 innate germane hormone. Yeah, fascinating, and it's uh, all revolves around that uh, survival mechanism, adaptation, uh, evolution of the of, of what whatever the environment is that we create. Okay, that's Absolutely. pretty good. We we happy with that one, Tom. He he went balls deep into that and and stepped sideways once or twice, but we're we're content, I think. Yes, I think that explains that very very well. Beautiful. Okay, Rod. Yeah, now that, that we've was good. explored the uh, tissue expanse tissue. of the of the universe, well, yes, let, let's take it back to reality. So, okay. the other things that happen when these 
negative adaptations kick in. Yeah. And something that we spoke about with Martin McDonald last week was neat and the just the oh, general yeah, reduction in neat yep. that occurs over this process. So we thought we might pick uh, Broderick's brains on yeah. this as well. Like the neat and uh, also we'll get him to explain basically the the concept that um, you know once was is no more. You know, like we we do an hours. Uh, we reduce energy, uh, well, increase energy expenditure by throwing in a, a cardio session here and there that burns X amount of calories. But uh, over time, with energy restriction in that environment that we've created, the body just realizes that wow, this is going to uh, this is going to get a bit serious if I keep uh, oxidizing this yeah. much energy with each time I train. Yeah, it, the body just becomes far more efficient. So, you know, on paper it may look like we're uh, burning X amount of calories, but uh, the longer you're in that energy deficit, the the less energy you'll actually uh, use uh, in training, but also with uh, the cardio, any cardiovascular uh, exercise that you prescribe as well. So yes. I would like uh, Broderick to sort of talk about that to um, under yeah, the hood. Sure. Uh, under the hood, just so our, our listeners, because that's uh, something that uh, you know I have really uh, acknowledged being a key player. In, in plateaus occurring, you know, that, that reduction in needs and the, the, the reduction in energy expenditure by the body. Absolutely. I, I think that is a great subject, especially for the maybe the non-super, you know, data file listener. Yeah. They, they may not necessarily grasp the width and birth of, of what you're asking, what you're talking about. Um, again, going back to my earlier statements, it's completely explicable. It's yep. completely predictable. You're literally complaining about the body doing exactly what you're asking it to do. <laughs> I understand the reason for your complaint. It's inconvenient and it generates a problem, but yep. it also generates a market for someone like myself, if I can <laughs> add that separately. Very good, very good. All right, let's so, let's let's tackle it, mate. Let's uh let's okay. under the hood. Let's lift the hood. First of all, let's take Joe Average, let's say power lifter. Relatively heavy for his bone structure. He's accrued an enormous amount of body weight. Not always the best lean mass, but we're talking about someone who's very heavy. We're talking about somebody that doesn't do a lot of cardiorespiratory, cardiovascular activity, so he's not good at that. His oxygen consumption, his VO2 rate is crap, and so on and so on. So if you take that individual and ask them to do anything even remotely cardiovascular, First and foremost, they're moving an enormous mass. A 300-pound person, you know, 130-140-kilogram person, it yeah. takes a shitload of motivation and energy to move that person. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's an enormously energy-consumptive task to begin with. Yeah. Then let's couple that with the fact that their cells have no idea what's going on. There's completely no preparation the enzyme systems needed to, you know, to move that much oxygen around, to move that much carbohydrate around, to get the liver to oxidize that much fat, to get the cells themselves to convert carbohydrate and fat into ATP, and that whole Krebs cycle complicated business of, you know, ATP, ADP, you know, to, to the, the carnitine shuttle, all that crazy stuff that results in this goofy, tiny little molecule called ATP, which are Mitochondria can burn and generate one more clumpy step on the treadmill. Okay, that's a really clumpy difficult step. activity and an inefficient person doing it. Now, over time, if you ask this person to do this over and over and over again, 
two major things will happen. The first, and this is very understated by exercise specialists, is the obvious is going to happen. Their body weight is going to go down. So all efficiency and and, and athleticism aside, the task simply gets easier because the person's mass is going down. Yep. Mm. On a very basic level, yeah, I get that. Okay, so now their 300-pound individual is only 280 pounds. Well, that's a measurable, you know, percentage-wise, that's a measurable decline. So even if all things were equal, today the task is easier than it was last month, and so on, and so on, and so on. So as their mass declines, the simple force vector equation of moving this much weight over this much distance gets more efficacious. It gets more, it gets more easy. Yep, that makes then, sense. Makes perfect sense. So then you couple that with the fact that all of the complicated and, and arduous and, and not necessary to explain at this moment systems under the hood now are in play. It's like having a factory. If you have this giant factory that's been closed for decades and you buy it and just go, I'm going to make widgets. Well, shit, that's a great idea. But you've got to get some widget makers and you've got to get some raw materials to make widgets. And you've got to get somebody that knows what the fuck a widget is. Yeah. And a lot of things have to happen. Okay? You know, you've got to put snacks in the snack machine. You've got to change the light bulbs. You've got to sweep the parking lot. A lot of crap has to happen before you turn out one widget. Well, the yeah. same thing happened in this guy. But two, three months into your whole widget-making adventure, you're kind of good at making widgets, and they're turning out. Yeah. Yeah, so. Same thing happens with this guy. You don't even need to understand biology or biochemistry to realize that if you allow this system to turn on and get churning, it will perform better than it did in its sedative state. So now you've got a lighter person that's more efficient at doing the activity. So 30 minutes of treadmill used to burn you know, 500 calories. Now it only burns 350. So yes. what's, the, what's the answer now? Does he do more or does he do more harder? And each of those then has a series of predictable, explicable responses. If you work harder, you get a greater catecholamine release, which is going to cause greater catabolism, which is going to have downstream effects resulting in what catabolism does. If yep. you extend the duration, you may not get the same level of, you know, protein catabolism, which are going to get a greater fatty acid catabolism, yep. which is going to have an impact on hormonal chemistry, simply because one, an awful lot of your hormones are manufactured in and around fat, and you're going to have less of it. Two, you're going to start to have target tissue response issues, like the aforementioned conversation. Yep. So it's, it's actually very obvious that even if you didn't understand that the ultimate goal here was survival, if you just play the series of events, at yeah. some point in time, you're going to get to a point where you've met a level of diminishing returns. Either you're going to have to fucking do this activity endlessly, 24 hours a day, or you're going to have to do it so hard that it's literally self-destructive, and neither of those are, are practical in application. Fascinating, brother. And, and, and I guess chiming in there, that, that whole concept of this, you know, the building, the widget, whatever that is, um, <laughs> y you know, the process that takes time and, and, 
and fundamentally, we're talking about there in, in uh, what we're talking about uh, introducing cardiovascular training. Basically, we're talking about some sort of body composition uh, scenario where we're introducing these things to increase energy expenditure, like you mentioned, 500 and 350. One of the things that we've spoken about with, with our um, weekly mentor sessions is this, your thoughts on on diet breaks and these these refeed periods and and let let's slide slide ourselves into that one and 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 go balls deep because your philosophy with this which look if i were to crunch the numbers and look back at these refeed periods that i uh, put my competitors through i would have to agree it pretty much aside and we'll both probably acknowledge that there's some psychological benefit in a in a diet break but the actual uh improvements to fat loss thereafter I, to be honest, I don't really see. They go back into a, a dieting. Usually, they spin the wheels. You know, it's almost like they've gone uh, diet break, so they put everything on hold, and then you know, it takes a a week or two to 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 get back into the swing of things. And you explain that really, really basically when you uh, describe to me, well, all the mechanisms for fat loss need to be upregulated and switched on. The body hasn't uh, hasn't been in fat loss mode. It's been in fat storing mode and, yes. and, and grow mode. Now we flip the switch into, okay, let's go fat loss. And you'll probably, Tom's nodding, you'll probably see, yeah, look, it takes a few weeks and we'll do, normally tell our clients, hey, give it a few weeks. You know, you just started your fat loss. Let's uh, get the ball rolling. And we sort of intuitively tell our clients that, that that's part of the process. But maybe it is like Broderick's saying tommy where you know all these processes have to be upregulated. the body has yes. to become efficient yes. at fat loss it's like switching and the uh the widget factory to a wingnut factory and changing the exactly the, you you're know, changing what, the what systems the back in the back in systems place. back on and well, then my point even to but, use even to use that same analogy even more directly that you're using it say that same scenario i usually use a different analogy but we've got the whole widget thing going so you know, there's this condemned factory, you buy it, you invest a bunch of money, and you bring it up to speed, keyword, you bring it up to speed, you get all the assembly lines working at capacity. And now you're turning out the max number of widgets per day per hour, whatever that you can. Yeah. Now, here's what you're telling me. And I'm not saying you specifically, but you the uh, fad dieter who thinks they need diet breaks, you're telling me that the most efficient way to operate this factory, now that you've got it running at peak efficiency, is to shut the fucking door and lay everybody off for a week. And then at the end of that week, oh, I was wrong. Let's get, we're going to open a factory again. Bring everybody back and let's get that shit going again. Yeah, I mean, that, when that... you say it in that context, it's absolutely asinine. Mm. The only, and as Rodon said, the only real efficacy of that is. The employees get a week break and they probably come back with a slightly better attitude. Yeah. They, you know, they're refreshed. They had, they went to the fucking park and played with their dog. Okay. That has some value. And I'm not a sociologist and I'm not going to talk about that value. But if you want to talk biochemistry, it's kind of obvious that factory running at full capacity is going to make more fucking widgets than factory closed for a week. Yeah. I don't think we have to argue that. Yeah, and and, uh, and that's the point I was I was going to make, and and there are, you know, those in the industry that and I know your good friend Lyle McDonald will talk about these diet breaks, and I guess the reason why I think uh, quite a few of us do attempt to do these diet breaks, psychological benefits for sure, but the other the, the key thing is you know to to upregulate 
I guess, the downregulation of metabolism, you know, create the environment uh, where, you know, the body perceives ample energy to, to, to ramp up, uh, you know, uh, T3 levels and, and ramp up that metabolic rate. And, and I guess, again, the aforementioned uh, discussion we had, I guess, switch the, the thyroid uh, activity more to a let's burn body fat type thing. We're back. We're not in uh, survival mode. We're back to something that's uh, of some normality, some homeostasis. But you would probably agree, and let's use that analogy, the widget factory. I think that's fantastic. Let's say that the widget factory was was at production for a certain length of time. Uh, everyone hadn't been on a break for quite some time. We know that you can't work indefinitely. They hadn't had their, their, their holiday for the year. They're four weeks off. And, well, hell, maybe when we want to try and actually... Uh, reset this metabolic rate or have any influence whatsoever on metabolism it does like lyle suggests have to be more like that that two week three four maybe a month off of dieting so the factory workers can all have a break they restock all the the wood in the widget factory i'm assuming they're made out of wood i still don't know what they are (laughs) they might be made out of foam i don't know but but anyway restock all that get it restock everything get the uh service the trucks for getting the widgets out to wherever they're going to be sold uh you know all that type of stuff um, restack the vending, <laughs> restock the vending machine in the widget factory. All of the above, but but all jokes aside, that would make more sense. It and would you Absolutely. would you agree with that? Where if you were, you do acknowledge that definitely that's what some are trying to do. But the reality is that time frame is way too short, and it really does need to be that longer, more significant to really have uh, significance on the on the body. And and if we comprehend that it takes X amount of time to set up all those processes, and we all agree that the widget factory took a while to set up well then we'd have to all agree that well if we want to try and uh, improve the performance of the widget factory we're going to shut the doors for a length of time to allow everything to be done so we can open back up in full production at the widget factory now is that are we all on the same page with that is that what we're trying to say absolutely again you know usually the analogy i do use you know when i stumbled into this widget thing but usually the analogy i do use is an animal in the wild if you yeah. have an animal in the wild that, that literally hunts and forages for its survival, yeah. keyword again, survival, and yeah. it's literally on death's doorstep. It's fucking starving, yeah. okay? And it either makes a kill or stumbles onto a kill, and it gorges itself. It eats. Now, clear your mind. Is that animal still starving, even though its belly is full and it's going to sleep great tonight? Yeah. When it wakes up tomorrow... Is it still starving or is it refed and refreshed and ready to begin the diet again? Yeah, completely not. That animal is still fucking starving. It still has malnutrition. It still has major hormonal conditions associated with starvation. It has to eat well for days and days and probably weeks and weeks before that starvation condition recedes. Again, biology is all about action over time if you think you can do something to your body in 24 48 72 hours you're a fucking fool that it's no such thing exactly and and just to uh as i do you know more is better with me but but to talk about uh your experience and um my experience with some athletes 
you know, even when they are using performance-enhancing drugs, you would think from the, you know, inexperienced, uh, from the outside looking in, oh, yeah, you, you know, when you go on uh, performance-enhancing drugs, you know, everything happens. Well, no, it still takes four to six weeks before anything actually manifests and happens. So even when the environment that you create is is as, as anabolic as you could possibly hope for, there still is a time frame for the body to actually action what's actually in the body and, and, and it to manifest in improved performance and increased muscle mass. So, you know, even when you do skew the playing field, you know, it's still, you can't beat the body. It just, it, it, it just takes Absolutely. time. Mm. Let, let, me, let me wedge this in right there because it's a perfect place for some future discussion on drugs. And that is... Uh, not not necessarily that we'll talk about drugs, but if we did, this would become very, very relevant. <laughs> yeah, and that it. is, drugs don't actually do anything. It's not as if you take a shot or swallow a pill, and that drug literally runs around with a little fucking hat on, like a little hard hat on, and starts building muscle. Mm. No. Your body still builds the muscle. Your body still metabolizes the fat. The drug is just a greater motivator of whatever the said activity is. Yeah. That is super, super important. Even a a completely different class of drugs. Even if you talk about, go back to the antibiotic thing, the antibiotic itself isn't the thing that kills the virus, the Mm. bacteria rather, not virus, they don't act on viruses. But it's, it's still your immune system. Yeah. Yes. That is, that's what people need to understand is you're still asking biology yeah. to do these activities. Yeah. You might be giving it a much greater impetus by <laughs> applying a drug, that's for sure. But at the end of the day, the drug doesn't do squat. It's still some organ or cell you know, organelle that's yeah, doing the thing. Yeah. So it's almost like the drugs switching on and switching off various things in the body to have a, an action in the body, almost like Absolutely. the hormones are doing. Absolutely. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, that is. All, basically, especially when you're talking about sports pharmacology, all anabolic steroids are ultimately just extensions of the natural hormone that would be the root androgen testosterone or perhaps estrogen or you know one, one of those. But it's still, they're doing just in greater magnitude what your innate endogenous sex hormones will be doing anyway. Fascinating. So you can't make the body do something that it doesn't already do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and in, in concurrence with that, you can only ask it to do it at a given rate. There's only so many ribosomes available in your body. Yeah. So once they're all, just like the widget factory, once they're all running at capacity, you just don't get any faster growth. You could squeeze out the perception of faster growth through various mechanisms of storing more water, storing more carbohydrate, your bone density. There's a lot of ways to fake an increase in mass. Yes, but at the end of the day, there is an actual structure that manufactures muscle. And once it's operating at full capacity, that's it. You got to wait until you can build more factory. You can wait till you expand production. So, yes, again, we're a little off topic, but just... Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, Australian listeners of all ages, drugs aren't magic. Drugs just make your body do something. Yeah. I'll finish on that note. And uh, what Tom said was, I thought, a great uh, phrase or a quote that I'll I'll repeat was, uh, (laughs) you can't make the body do something it isn't already doing. And case in point, if you're a a skinny... (laughs) 
you know, over expression of rapamycin, poor mTOR pathway, 2D to 4D ratio in the fingers, fine jawed featured, fine limbs, insertion points at the biceps, no good. All those things going against you. You can pump all the PEDs in the world into your body and uh, you know, cause a cardiovascular arrest because your blood's like soup. But uh, you won't. Uh, the body can't do anything that it's not already doing. If, yep. if uh, you know what I mean, like that. Uh, it's just the way that individual's wired. So, um, fascinating Absolutely. point. All right. I think that was pretty good. That was great. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much, Broderick. <laughs> Can we let's, just finish one? What the bloody hell is a widget? Yeah, let's clarify that. We know it's not a wing nut. It isn't. It is. They're completely divergent uh, devices. I'll tell you what I think it is. Is it like a doorstop? That's what I'm thinking it is. It can be. I, it's your factory, man. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Once again, let me be clear. I don't develop this stuff. I just problem solve. You yeah, bring okay. me to factory, I'll figure out how to make it make more widgets. Oh. That's my job, buddy. Well, everyone, uh, just close your eyes and imagine what a widget is, and that's what it is. That's what it is. Beautiful. <laughs> well, let's, and uh, I'm going to make you make the fuck out of some widgets, folks. <laughs> Very good. All right, well, let's uh, fire up the uh, Millennium Noggin with the uh, new shag pile carpet we got on the floor, <laughs> and let's take off to a, a new adventure <sighs> in the next installment with you, brother. Can't wait. I, as, as can I. I cannot wait. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Broderick. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Mate, I still don't know what a widget is. No. Uh, I actually, I don't want to know. No. I'm happy for it that. It could be just, some sort of toy. Yeah, it could be anything. It's just it could a, be a toy. It's a mythical factory that produces yeah. this mythical... It's like a unicorn. Object. The yes, widget. The widget. Um, All right. Okay, mate, some really interesting concepts there. So, once again, piece by piece, this whole thyroid yeah. business is starting to... Make starting a bit more sense for you. Make a bit more sense for me. Well, he's throwing a spanner in the works and these... Uh, you know, variation of receptors and, and all this Ooh, type yeah. of stuff. Really, I'm, I'm back to the, the square one, mate. I thought <laughs> I had it sorted, the old thyroid. But but really, really interesting concept. Depending on the environment that we create, the uh, thyroid will sort of activate different tissue and, and w- whatever needs to happen, basically. Yes, whatever needs to happen for from a survival, survival perspective. Survival mechanism, yeah. yeah. And, and I really like, fundamentally, there's always a reason. It's always... There's always something going on and, and, and I do actually quote that to my clients as well it's like there's a reason why that worked really well last time and it's not this time let's have a look maybe it's because of this this and this but yes. uh, absolutely fascinating and when you get it from a, a biologist's perspective um, I love the way he says look it's all predictable it's all ma- you can yes. map it all out so if you did actually have one of those legitimate problems yeah. it'd be worth sourcing out someone like Broderick to just dispassionately go through the process work yeah. back and find the, the source of the Th- problem you that's know? the thing and as coaches we, we tend to get a little bit uh, put our head in the sand and and we get so caught up in the particular client and you know you've had these and you're actually and I'm aware as well some that we've had have left uh, us as, as clients and gone somewhere else and for whatever reason they get in shape it's like yeah. what the scratch your noggin slap, the, scratch the old millennium, millennium noggin on the noggin. shag pile carpet and say what the <laughs> hell what the hell what the hell happened there you know yeah. but there would be a reason um so yeah, r- r- really fascinating, and uh, sometimes taking a step back, letting someone else look at the the situation, breaking things down piece by piece, 
uh, is invaluable and uh, may be able to progress you forward with that, mm. with that particular client. We'll have the evil genius back on in another couple of weeks' time. Really glad that he's a part of the setup here at Under the Bar Podcast. Yes. Uh, send us an email or a speak pipe, speak preferably. Speak pipe, very popular speak pipe. Underthebarpodcast.com. Yep. And 5% off all of the Icon seminars. Yep. Uh, you just email info at iconph.com.au. What's with the secret words? Balls deep. Balls deep, yep. And you'll get that 5% discount. Very good. Have now, if they want day. to, uh, well, oh, let's yeah. just, uh, if you want to contact Tom let's, Hewitt, let's, you can contact Let's blow each other's trumpets yeah, again, Yeah, let me we? just reach over there <laughs> and give it a once-over. So, contacting you. <laughs> TomHewitt.com.au. And uh, for me, the elusive uh, method.com <laughs> It's still coming soon. And I think it will. it's for, for perpetually coming soon, That's that all one. It should be. I, I've, t- I've taken a stand. I, I'm not going to finish it. No, no, keep paying no. for it. Yeah, no, I will. Yeah, Full price. Yeah. The real whiz-bang uh, website that you can change everything. Really yeah, yeah. expensive. But um, And, of course, Facebook and, uh, and Instagram, the Dubois Method. Uh, follow me or hit me up on my personal page. Mm, and cam at uh, wookie.com forward slash wookieforlife.com. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Cam. See ya. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>